Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. I am Billy Embody. A lot has happened over the last week since the NCAA transfer portal window opened. We've got a lot to get to. Last time we spoke, SMU landed West Virginia defensive back transfer Charles Woods. Since then, the Mustangs have rolled up quite the run of transfer additions to the team. And look, the team just got on the plane about an hour ago to go to the New Mexico Bowl. Bowl and man, they are going with a different roster uh, for the 2023 season than uh, they certainly uh, not necessarily thought they'd have, but ended this 2022 season with for sure. A uh, lot of impact transfers have committed to SMU. We're going to run down all the transfers uh, that we've kind of talked about on the message board over the last week or so, as well as uh, looking at the commitments and seeing uh, what they bring to the table, where do they fit in, and kind of some backstories on how these things happened. SMU went on a run of Miami transfers, but first let's start with a one-time SMU commit coming back home to finish out his college, college career. I'll say this, SMU did a really good job on Stanford defensive back Jonathan McGill. Uh, he entered the portal, and SMU was all over him right away. Craig Niver did a great job recruiting him, recruited him back when he came out of high school, um, and picked up where he, where he left off. Um, told Jonathan McGill was really impressed with what Coach Niver put together in their presentation. Um, still remembered his family's names, uh, all of those things. Uh, that as you build recruiting relationships, those things matter um, in the long run. And this is a prime example. You know, when somebody's looking for a new home, you've got the connection. You can make it. You can either knock it out of the park or you can stumble and, uh, you know, quite honestly, screwed up. And that's not what happened here. SMU was on the ball from the get-go. Uh, Jonathan McGill is going to get a nice little NIL deal uh, and play the next two seasons at SMU. Uh, a captain at Stanford in 2022. Finished with 51 tackles, five and a half tackles for loss, seven PBUs, a sack, a fumble recovery, and an interception. So while he's 5'9 and a half, just short of 5'10, uh, a really productive player over the course of his career, made 116 tackles overall and four, four interceptions in 32 games uh, over there in Palo Alto. Uh, I, I think this is a perfect example of a prospect who, you know, comes into the recruiting game makes the most of his opportunity at Stanford. I mean, that was the offer he was waiting on. And and so he flips from SMU to Stanford, goes off, has a really good career. David Shaw steps down. Now it's a perfect opportunity for SMU to bring him home. And they do just that. A lot of teams at the Power 5 level probably would have shied away, even though he's been a productive player. I'm not saying he's, uh, you know, he hasn't been made a all-pack 12 team, but this is somebody that should step in right away and start at one of the safety positions, most likely that nickelback role played by Brandon Crosley. Uh, those two are now going to have to battle it out. There's no question about that. Uh, Jonathan McGill brings uh, uh, just so many great qualities that SMU needs. That is that that was one of the positions that SMU had to upgrade. And so you look at those two right off the bat, and that's a really good start. Uh, to upgrading the secondary. Jonathan McGill is going to bring a lot to the table. I think this is a really, really big deal for SMU to get him to come home. Um, and then this is where the run of transfers from Miami really started uh, to get going. Um, and I want to say the leader of it all 
who led things off was uh, Jordan Miller, the defensive lineman um, who brings a 6'4", 330-pound frame to the middle of that SMU defense now. Jordan Miller, uh, a former three-star prospect out of the state of Florida. There's been a little bit of an exodus from Miami um, as uh, Mario Cristobal takes over there, gets his regime going. But Miller's a fifth-year junior, um, made 18 tackles, three tackles for loss, and a sack last season. Um, played a lot uh, for the Hurricanes in five seasons uh, and also redshirted uh, in the 2019 season or the 2018 season. He was a 2018 recruit. Um, and that seems like a long time away, but uh, don't worry. One uh, one of SMU's new additions uh, has Jordan Miller one up. But what we talked about going into this offseason, this was a big piece that SMU needed to address with that defensive line room. Elijah Chapman and Terrence Newman played the middle. Terrence Newman gone uh, off to uh, start the rest of his uh, life and and certainly recover from his, his injury um, sustained at the Tulane game. But Elijah Chapman probably needed to be moved out, maybe a little bit to the edge, um, and and play a little bit more of a natural position. Not not as a pass rusher, but somebody who plays you know more over a guard or um, in between guard tackle, kind of that type of a setup. And they can find a good zero one technique type of player who can kind of eat up a little bit more space um, and and occupy some of those offensive linemen. I think with SMU's run defense. They, they were missing, and and look, I think we covered this over the summer, but when SMU was looking to add one more defensive lineman, they took some swings over the summer at JUCOs. Um, in the spring at JUCOs, uh, they took they looked at, they tried for some transfers, didn't happen, and the portal was real thin last cycle, um, and it is kind of, again, on defensive tackles uh, as well, and SMU couldn't find one, and I think that was one of the keys to – this season in terms of rush defense is not having just one more big body that could have consistently plugged in there and either been a strong rotational guy or even a starter. Um, because now you're going to have Devere Levelson, you're going to have um, Elijah Chapman, you'll have Jordan Miller. Uh, certainly you look to have, you know, improved growth from Stefan Wright. Maybe he stays healthy. That would be huge. Um, and then also you have some young guys like Dylan Frazier coming up. Um, Braylon Jackson still there. David Abiara, the former Texas transfer. Now you add Jordan Miller, though, a big body, but he was also joined by another Miami transfer in Elijah Roberts. Uh, he brings uh, a little bit of a different style, kind of more like a Devere Levelston, 6'4", 270 uh, in that range, played 14 career games for the Hurricanes, made 21 tackles and a half sack and a forced fumble um, during his time there. So somebody that was uh, you know, a little productive in his time, uh, he is was a former, um, I believe, four-star prospect uh, out of Columbus High School in Miami. He was uh, kind of on the borderline in that 2020 cycle. So he had his COVID year in 2020. That was free. And then had the 2021 and 2022 seasons uh, for that team. Played in nine games as a true freshman. Um, and then uh, I believe played in, um, uh, played in seven uh, in 2022. Um, made nine tackles. Uh, and a tackle for loss. So fairly productive when when playing, um, you know, in that role. Uh, he gets in there and he, and he definitely, you know, can make a little bit of a play uh, for them. I think this is somebody that just adds depth, takes a little bit of the load off of De- Devere Levelston. Um, and, and again, if Stefan Wright comes, 
comes back and finds a way to get healthy, he can certainly uh, help them out. You'll have Dylan Frazier, I think, take a big step in year two. That's somebody that, as I look ahead to 2023, I'm kind of watching and saying, I think this is a guy to watch. Uh, physically, he just looks the part, and at the end of this season, he's kind of stepped up um, into a guy who's at least dressed and potentially been uh, in that tra- um, in that uh, rotation for SMU. Um, Mike Johan Sanjo Njiki is another one uh, who still has multiple years left. Certainly going to have, um, uh, certainly going to have, uh, you know, bigger role I think next year with without Terrence Newman there. He's somebody that plays really, really hard. I, I think. He, I think, got nicked up early this season, but uh, played a decent amount um, in his first year at SMU. And he was, I believe, a, f- a full full qualifier. So he's only technically kind of in his second year of college football. So I expect some development from him. And then SMU added uh, another transfer from Miami uh, in um, running back Jalen Knighton. This one, I, I, I tell you what, guys, I know some Miami fans on Twitter will certainly tell you that he's had some issues with fumbles and you can't ignore those, but I think the comfort level that Jalen Knighton had um, with Rhett Lashley in 2020 and 20 in 2020 and 2021 um, was terrific. Um, he's somebody that played a good bit as a true freshman in 2020, and then in 2021, that's when he broke out and ran for 209 yards and a touchdown on 52 carries, um, and and um, you know just really was able to emerge um, – or sorry, that was in 2020. He ran for 209, 209 yards and a touchdown of 52 carries. In 2021, he rushed 561 yards and eight rushing touchdowns on 145 carries. Um, also has caught almost 500 yards through the air during his three seasons uh, with Miami. A former four-star prospect, a top 150 type of prospect, so a really impressive prospect here that SMU brings in. Uh, He's going to kind of be a little bit more of a lightning guy. He's going to um, bring some explosive playmaking. Um, He has the tendency to rip off some explosive runs. And in 2022, he just kind of took a step back under Josh Gaddis. I'll say this. If you go back to when Josh Gaddis was at Michigan, Michigan fans loved him as a recruiter, hated him as an offense coordinator. I remember EJ Holland, who, of course, you guys all know, uh, talking about him. And, and the issues he brought to the table uh, from a play calling perspective. And, and now you're seeing, you know, Michigan improve and, and is in the college football playoff yet again. So I think this is a, this is a situation where just Miami just wasn't good offensively this year. They obviously had a change in offensive coordinator. Um, they have some talent. They didn't take advantage of it at all. Um, and so I think offensively, that's why we're seeing some of this exodus uh, from Coral Gables and then finally, and I'm, I think I'm kind of jumping ahead on the timeline, but I'll wrap up on the Miami transfers here. Wide out Keyshawn Smith. And this might be the biggest pickup of them all out of Miami between him and Jalen Knighton for sure. He had 13 catches for 199 yards and two touchdowns this season. Um, also carried the ball three times, 14 yards. But in 2021, he broke out. Sound familiar? 33 receptions for 405 yards and three touchdowns. Um and again, just kind of his usage changed this season. Uh, he was really explosive in the return game. One of the better ones in the ACC. Uh, Bethune Cookman took a took the opening kickback, seventy two yards, which set up a score, and then had a uh, sixty five yard return, um, which was close to being a touchdown. He's just dangerous. He makes plays. 
Um, I think he's somebody that is going to step right into one of those leading receiver positions for SMU. And and really, um, when you think about having Keyshawn Smith, Jordan Curley, Jake Bailey um, back for or in this rotation for SMU, along with Dylan Goff, along with Rod Daniels, I mean, you're looking at a pretty, pretty solid uh, run here uh, for SMU at wide receiver. Again, if they can all stay healthy and that doesn't count RJ Maryland at tight end. I think you have uh, added somebody who can bring a lot in the return game. We haven't seen the same Brian Massey since he got hurt. Um, I'm sure they'll battle it out a little bit for that, right? But you have him in the passing game, and if you get him comfortable again with that offense that he was so good in 2021 in, um, that's going to be important. And I'll say this, outside of, uh, I believe, Jordan Miller, all these guys have multiple years, so they're going to be here for a minute. This is a big, big group of Miami transfers to kind of maybe help also push the culture maybe a little bit in the direction Rhett Lashley wants it since they're familiar with it. Then SMU also landed uh, up next was, I believe, uh, Hiron White, the Missouri offensive line transfer, uh, who has one season of eligibility remaining. Um, he is going to be uh, probably vying for that right tackle job uh, with Owen Condon if he is back. Um, you know, he's played a lot of football uh, or at least been through, you know, a lot of uh, football seasons uh, at the college level. So if he comes back, they'll battle it out. Um, he missed the entire 2022 season due to uh, an injury. He'll get a medical red shirt and be ready to go for SMU. Everything I hear, he's on track to be back and in time for the spring. Uh, former DeSoto, Texas standout back in the class of 2017. On the flip side of that, at Mizzou, he was a pro football focus, all SEC honorable mention as he started all 11 games uh, and blocked for one of the better offenses that Missouri's had uh, recently um, under Eli Drinkwitz. So I think this is a perfect plug and play type player. Um, you lose Jalen Thomas uh, to the NFL draft and graduation. You need to add another rotational guy in there uh, because another thing too at the right tackle spot uh, and I at left too, is you don't have somebody that you feel really comfortable with, but beyond Marcus Bryant and uh, Owen Condon. And, and certainly Condon had his ups and downs this season as well. They've got to find somebody to bring in for competition and, and certainly push. And I think Hiron Y will do that if he's, if he's healthy and ready to go, like, like they're expecting him to be um, because behind him was Dalton Purdue, Purdue. And, and just, that's not, he hasn't been able to stay healthy. He was pretty much healthy all season, I believe, after camp when he got hurt. But that set him back, misses out. It's just one of those things where they needed to upgrade that position. I think that's a very natural fit there for SMU. And look, they're not going to be done yet. Um, and we'll talk about that as we get into the next phase of the podcast as well. Some targets still out there without a doubt on the offensive line. But that is a good start. Um, and now they'll kind of dive into you know, what is next on that position group. And then SMU got a, a commitment from Kale Sanders, the Fresno State transfer defensive back. And this is a two-year starter. Started as a true freshman, started as a, a sophomore. Um, he's made 32 tackles, six pass breakups, two forced fumbles in the 2022 season. In 2021, he made 20 tackles, one tackle for loss, a pick, and four pass breakups. Somebody very active and around the ball. I love that he played running back as well. What we're seeing, and this is just a recruiting trend, is these players 
who play on both sides of the ball in high school. And by the way, Adam Nukaney, who's produced some talent as of late, um, when you play both sides of the ball and you end up going in, in the secondary and just as at linebacker as well, basically the, that back kind of seven, we've seen a lot of players transfer um, that pure athleticism and ability to do that over to that corner, that safety spot, and be very productive. Um, so SMU gets Kale Sanders. Uh, he's 5'11", 170, but he's probably going to be somebody uh, that you see him start right away. Um, I don't think there's any doubt. He's listed at 5'11", 180 at, on his Fresno State um, page. But, you know, to start as a true freshman and and then, um, you know, play as much as he has just in general his first two years on campus at Fresno State, that is the exactly the type of kid SMU should be going after. Either you're starting at a G5 and you want to come back to uh, SMU, or, I mean, you could be a starter at, you know, Power 5 and come back to SMU and, you know, if you're from there. But that is, you, you almost want SMU plucking a couple of those that are really productive starters from other schools on your level. Um, and and that is exactly what they did uh, with Kale Sanders. So big credit to the staff there to be all over that one. They offered him right away when he went in the portal. And he also had Arkansas and Illinois offers. And by the way, Illinois was the number one defense in the country. Ryan Walters just got hired to be the Purdue head coach. Shout out Kevin Kane. I haven't seen it. I haven't even looked. Um, just been busy. But uh, rumor is he could very well be the next defense coordinator at Illinois. So familiar face and one of the good guys out there. Hopefully getting his shot to call plays again uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, but back to back, back to SMU, Kale Sanders getting that Illinois offer. I mean, that is a sign that, okay, you're doing something right there um, in terms of evaluating your transfer options. Finally, a big fish dropped today. Uh, Liberty linebacker transfer Ahmad Walker committed to SMU. This is somebody that played uh, one season for Scott Simons, but Scott Simons recruited him at Liberty. Uh, and they brought him over uh, from Liberty about three years to play two seasons remaining. He played in 22 games in the first two years on campus over there for the Flames. Uh, in his first year, he notched 37 tackles, five and a half tackles for loss, and three sacks as a true freshman. This year, 63 tackles, 11 for loss, four sacks, two pass breakups, and an interception. This is another one that position of need. You lose Jimmy Phillips, you lose Isaac Slade Matotia. You lose Shannon Reed. That is a huge hole in your defense, and you've got to fix it and fill it. So SMU brings in Ahmad Walker, somebody who can, again, set the tone and push the, dire the direction of the culture in the right way um, for SMU. They bring in Alex Kilgore and uh, Brandon Maezano in the recruiting class, and I think that's important to note, too. Uh, they will um, you know, be able to, uh, again, kind of challenge early. Uh, some of these guys and try to break through in the rotation. I know Alex Kilgore had a huge senior year. Uh, Brandon Maezano played on the offensive side of the ball a good bit for Frisco as well. So, you know, they're upgrading the linebacker talent level. They want to see more of Jaquandis Burns, certainly. Um, and and we'll kind of see what else they kind of dig up there. Cam, from, Cam Farrar uh, is a good one to kind of keep an eye on, I think, take a step in his second year at SMU. But they still have to keep finding – uh, those linebackers to kind of fill those needs. So um, this is going to be um, quite the run. The team left Wednesday for the New Mexico Bowl. As it stands right now, I'm not expecting anyone to commit over the next few days unless something changes 
One player I'll note, we, we let off talking about Jonathan McGill, Drake Metcalf, uh, an interior offense lineman at Stanford uh, who was on campus for his official visit with Jonathan McGill. I'm still pretty confident SMU is going to get him. Uh, he's going to apply for law school. So that's something to note as well. So he has to go through a whole nother process. So maybe that's why he didn't necessarily jump on board right away. Um, two big names that I'll touch on here. Uh, and the rest is at ontheponyexpress.com. Uh, and I'll let you guys in on a little secret. Corporate got to us. Um, not happy. But uh, for $10, you get an entire year of ontheponyexpress.com. So check that out. A little early signing day gift to our loyal subs- uh, podcast subscribers. Um, and we're working on something for the subscribers to the site to kind of reward you guys as we approach our one-year anniversary at on three um so stay tuned on that front for the one year um you know uh, year one um you know the the founders club the founders club uh we're working on something for you guys as well to celebrate one year but to get some of you guys on the site ten dollars for an entire year of on the pony express.com a lot of these upcoming notes there's more of them uh behind the paywall uh so jump on board ten dollars for a year that's my pitch Drake Metcalf, though, was on campus for an official visit. Um, still feel good about where SMU stands there. Um, a couple notes here, and everybody asked me about LJ Johnson and Keytron Jackson. LJ Johnson, the former four-star running back out of Texas A&M. Keytron Jackson, former four-star wide out out of Arkansas. We are in wait-and-see mode on those guys. They are still going to take some visits. They are going to, um, you know, just go – through their process. They've still got some visits they want to take. I'm interested to see how they pan out. Both have really attractive NIL opportunities at SMU. Will they stay in Texas um, or in Keytron's Keytron's, uh, world return to Texas uh, for college and to finish out their careers? We'll see. There are some positives for SMU. There are also some things that are naturally playing against them here and there. Um, Arkansas, for example, has Justin Stepp, who coached Keytron um, at Arkansas and uh, recruited him, um, as well as another Arkansas assistant uh, who recruited Keytron. So um, some things that work across the country there. Um, I'm not going to give up anything else, but I will say a couple more names we can just share um, that were on campus, uh, who were publicly on campus. Um, PJ Williams, an- another top 100, former top 100 prospect out of Texas A&M, uh, certainly somebody that was caught up in some of the issues in College Station this year, looking for a new home. He was in town for an official visit. If you want more information on him, who's, by the way, he is freaky. I mean, he's one of the best athletes in the, in his recruiting class. Um, and, and it was a big deal that he left Texas A&M. There's some notes on him. Uh, at ontheponyexpress.com. So check those out. Um, SMU could still be in the market for another receiver. So check that out. Um, but also I'll, I'll drop a couple here that I, I think are probably going to trend away from SMU. Oklahoma State Edge, uh, Trace Ford. He's going to check out Oklahoma and USC. He was at Auburn uh, right before he went to SMU. It just doesn't seem like right now there's enough buzz uh, around SMU with him. They'll keep trying for him. He's really, really talented. And I know they would probably like to add an edge rusher as you would just about every cycle for this. But uh, that's one to note that I would imagine the trends away. 
And then Joshua Eaton, the Oklahoma former four-star prospect. There was a lot of buzz around him. He was looking for an edit. But I think with Charles Woods um, on board, and and then you have Jonathan McGill uh, and Kale Sanders now, I think he ends up elsewhere. Just kind of a natural um, decision there to kind of, you know, SMU's in a good spot at corner now. They've got Jahari Rogers coming back. They've got Bryce McMorris, who's coming off of, uh, you know, a year away. He'll have had a full year to recover from that torn ACL. Um, Sam Westfall could be back. Uh, A.J. Davis, uh, they really like as well. Um, so the corner room isn't dire by any means, uh, but they certainly, uh, I, I think they should address it just in general uh, with one more player. Um, but I will say, um, it's in better shape than you think. So I'm going to leave the rest for our on the Pony Express subscribers. Again, just $10 to, to subscribe. Just go to uh, the homepage of on the Pony Express.com uh, and check it out. If you're not a subscriber over there, appreciate all of you guys who have jumped on board. I'm working on something for you guys for that one year anniversary uh, of our, um, you know, site. So check that out. Now uh, I did say last week, we we're going to run down some of uh, the recruiting class. We're going to do that um, after I get to see Damian Wimberly for the first time uh, on uh, Saturday. I believe Saturday. He's going to play for a state championship. Um, Austin Vandegrift upset Katie High School uh, and now punched its ticket to face DeSoto. Uh, so what a fun uh, opportunity that'll be. Uh, for Vandergrift on their dream season. They play at 3 o'clock in AT&T Stadium on Saturday. They face DeSoto, which has Jaden Milner-Jones, SMU safety commit. A couple more targets uh, for SMU on that DeSoto team as well in the 2024 and 2025 class. So catch it um, if you can in person. It'll be a good one uh, as Claude Mathis, former SMU running backs coach, looks to go for a state championship. Uh, and Vandergrift is is trying to play, uh, spoiler, uh, on that and a huge weekend for Dallas just in general with South Oak Cliff with Randy Reese and Abdul Muhammad advancing to the state championship game um, and Duncanville also advancing to a state championship game so check out those games four SMU commits are in state championships three will play Randy Reese is out for the season uh, but uh, I'm excited to see Damian Wimberly everything I've heard about this kid is that he should not be signing with SMU. That is the first thing people say to me when they talk about Damian Wimberly, uh, a big defensive lineman uh, who is going to be, um, this is going to be just one of those guys that people are going to look back on and say, how did they get him? And that is going to be fun to see him play in person finally uh, for me. Haven't been able to get down to see him play. So with that, guys, going to wrap up this edition of the podcast. I am back in Dallas. I am ready uh, for the next wave, uh, which is bowl coverage. We dropped a Q&A uh, with one of BYU's beat guys uh, on the site, kind of start previewing that game Saturday, 6.30 p.m. Central on ABC. We'll be back uh, later in the week to talk about the recruiting class, kind of break everything down um, with where things stand before signing period. We'll come back and, you know, reset everything ahead of the early signing period next week. Um, and also, I'm going to drop for our on the pony for our on the pony on the Pony Express subscribers uh, a mailbag. We're going to do a mailbag podcast. Uh, they'll be able to submit their questions. You guys can hear me answer them if I can. If I can't answer them, they'll be behind the paywall uh, in a Q and A format. So, with that, guys, want to wrap up this edition of podcast. I know there's been so much that's been going on. Uh, we'll touch on some of the departures as well from the roster um, and preview 
the New Mexico Bowl against BYU later this week. So be sure to check back at OnThePonyExpress.com and our YouTube channel for more. Please hit that subscribe button, $10 for a year for OnThePonyExpress.com or hit that, I shouldn't say or, and hit that subscribe button to our YouTube channel as well. Appreciate all you guys who listen. Thanks for listening. And uh, we will catch you guys later this week. Have a good one.